This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 186, Captain America Civil War Revisited. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, all you strangers and all you aliens and all you regular people who just like to listen to strangers and aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am a children's pastor and comic book writer and general geek, and I have been joined by two other people who I don't know if they consider themselves nerds or geeks. I guess it all depends on how you define the word that would be Mr. Evan David. Hello, it's me, Mr. Evan David. And Monsieur Stephen McDonald. Uh, it was was that French? No, it was, was just it, was really, it a terrible attempt at French. <laughs> it was just a uh, really poor slurring of words after too much caffeine and medication. Nice. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, no, it was bad French. Honestly, okay. what it was. Yeah. All right. um, or maybe it was my in- impression of a Frenchman doing a bad Scotsman accent. I think that's what we're going to go. And so it was not bad. It was perfect. I see. It was no. perfect. It yes. was bad. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, we are here together to talk about probably the biggest movie of the last couple of weeks. Yep. Captain America Civil War. We did the road trip. I recorded about it for uh, Welcome to Level 7, which you can find at welcometolevel7.com. And there you can hear my thoughts and some of Daniel Butcher's thoughts and some Marvel fan listeners' thoughts over there. The road trip episode, Evan and I talked about our initial thoughts. But as uh, Evan and I live local to each other, but do not live local to Steve. Steve is not able to make the road trips. And yes. so, Steve, our initial impressions. I don't know if you've listened to that yet or not. Yeah, I did. Yeah. OK, so you've heard how much I liked it. You've heard how wrong Evan is. Um, <laughs> and we'd like to hear. Wow. <laughs> we'd like to hear from you, Steve. Uh, what is your first and general impression of Captain America? Civil War, and then we'll get into uh, some of our thoughts about things. We can see if there's any changes as we've had time to think about things. We do have one listener email that we're going to read for this episode, and then and we're also going to just kind of follow the conversation where 
it takes us. And I think Evan wants to make some more comparisons to Batman and Superman, which we didn't have a chance to really do with our our road trip episode, because the road trip episode is kind of defined by how long the road is and how long you want to sit in the parking lot after the movie. You know, when it's just two people, it's awkward. And it so is. Yeah. we didn't sit in the parking lot very long. In fact, we, we didn't sit in the parking lot at all. No, we just drove home. We drove home. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there, there's just there's time factors going into it. So, Steve, initial thoughts about the movie. How'd you like it? Did you like it? Initial thought? Uh, I guess two things was the the first thing. It was so dense. I wanted to watch it again immediately. There was so, so much in there. It was packed so full. In a good way or in a bad way? In a good way. So you wanted you know, to watch it again because you wanted to catch everything. You didn't feel like you had to watch it again because you didn't catch everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if this was the only time I ever got to see this movie, it wasn't like it was so obtuse. I was just trying to wrap my head around it. And, and you know, just try, it was it was good. It was just, you know, flat out entertaining um you know the action was actiony the uh the drama was drama-y um you know it didn't all make sense but you know this is hollywood and marvel and superheroes and you know so <laughs> it doesn't have to all make sense well no no you don't want to give it a, a complete pass i mean no no, I mean, there, there, there was stuff that I, I, you know, it sort of left me scratching my head, but it, nothing that was like so blatant. Well, there was one time in the in the movie where I was like, did that just happen? And I don't know if you guys caught it because you was didn't it mention it. Was it in a good way or in a bad way? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. That's the thing. Did okay, you well. notice? Did you notice the, the, the time traveling thing? The time travel, you mean where they were like bouncing between one location to another very, very quickly. No, no, that's that would be teleportation. Well, no, no. I mean, I'm time. (laughs) There's some time travel uh, here. If you're talking about how quickly they're able to create, you know, Spider-Man's costume. No, 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 no. Okay. It was it was either either the room that they're in uh, somehow warps time or maybe Iron Man or captain america have the ability to travel in time let's hear it where was it and there could be a third option perhaps they were fixing the clock because when they're talking about you know that tony's trying to get steve to to sign the thing and he has those pens and steve takes a pen and he walks around the room and in the background in a couple of scenes you see a clock and i forget what the first number is it might be 11 i don't don't know but it says like 11 21 and then a little bit later, they're talking. It's eleven twenty-two, and then they're you know they're talking and they're talking, and then you look see the clock again. It's eleven twenty-three, and then Steve says no, thank you, and he walks out of the room, and it's eleven twenty-two, and you're just like, <laughs> wait a minute, did that just happen? <laughs> did not like, notice. Nice. Like, no way. They're traveling in time. The best Avengers movie ever with Kang. I was like, where's Kang? Kang the Conqueror. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I have, you know, as much as I love time travel, I have been outspoken about how I don't want time travel in the MCU. I just don't. I, it creates it creates more trouble than it, than it needs. I mean, oh, for the X-Men. Legends of Tomorrow. Ben. 
Ben, I'm, calm down. I'm saying it right now. That show is so frustrating to me because the time travel in that show is just so illogical. It well, the just Flash. they don't. The time travel in Flash is horrible. Well, I haven't watched Flash. No, it's probably not as bad as Legends of Tomorrow, Steve. It, Legends no, of Tomorrow. It's, it's one of the absolute positively uh, like worst things that could ever happen in time travel. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to do a spoiler for Flash right now. But it, one of the things that happens when he travels back in time is the possibly the worst thing ever. And it, I was just like, as soon as it happened, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like you travel back in time. I had that same reaction with Legends of Tomorrow where I'm watching it. I'm just like, wait a minute. The guys who are in charge of like law and order of time, they're going to punish the people who are breaking the laws of time travel by breaking the laws of time travel. <laughs> like that's that's how they're going to punish them. That's how they're going to take care of this problem by breaking their own laws. Sounds fair. Ben. Ugh. Ben. <laughs> keep watching. I've almost It'll given up on the show. Sense. No, keep watching. Evan, if I continue watching. Yes. You owe me if it doesn't if it I mean you will owe me for time lost. Okay. And I'm well, going I'm going to charge you watch Flash Gordon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not making oh, you watch that. I'm that's I'm letting you. I'm letting you watch that. Oh, I yeah. see. No, if you if if I continue watching on your word and okay. it does not get better, then you are going to owe me. I'm minimum wage. <laughs> I'm demanding minimum wage for my hours spent. Okay, Ben. Well, here's my guarantee. Okay, here's my guarantee. Uh-huh, I'm not yeah. saying okay. that it'll get quote unquote better. I'm saying. Oh no! Wait. 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 Hold on. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, my guarantee is it'll get quote unquote make a little more sense to why they're making those choices. <laughs> no, wait. You were supposed to say. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be great, but it's going to get better. That's what you needed to tell me. Yeah. I needed the reassurance that it was going to at least get better. Well, I don't know about the t- okay. The time travel choices will make a little more sense. Okay, well, but and the show itself will get better because the episode after the one you're on is awesome. Here's the thing: the as confounding as the time travel is, the show itself. They're they're going to these points in time where I don't necessarily like the reasoning for why they have to go to this place or that place. It feels like they're just making stuff up, which they are, but it feels like they're just, you know, they're not really thinking clearly about, okay, how do we get from this point to this point? But once they have their adventure at that place, it's fun. You know, like the reason they went to the Old West, yeah, whatever, but the adventure they actually (laughs) had in the Old West, I, I enjoyed that. You know, yeah. and and so I'm enjoying the show, but I'm also getting frustrated by the show. And I, I and it's just this balancing act where I'm just not sure if I can. But we're not here to talk about DC. We're here to talk about Marvel. What are we doing? It's the time travel thing. We yeah, have to yeah. Get that. So, Steve, you said you had two first impressions and one was you wanted to rewatch it almost immediately. You wanted to. What was your what was right. your other main reaction? Well, the other one I, I did mention that it was, it was just an entertaining movie, just entertaining you know, beginning to end, entertaining. There was there was very little in there where I, I thought to myself, 
is the you know am i being entertained you know is this mm. does this does this bring anything to the next step because everything did except for well probably one thing which just seemed really non sequitur and then not a hundred percent used in the way that it should have been and then they really missed something at the end and then it was a cop-out okay okay let me stop you right there okay and let's play the spoiler organ and then we can continue unfettered okay okay spoilers spoilers Spoilers. All right, Steve, don't hold back now. You can completely just just speak your mind about the specifics of what you were just referring to in very, very vague terms, because now people know. Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. First of all, overall, the impression I got from this whole thing was good, but it made no logical internal sense. And what, that's what, that's the problem. That what made no logical internal sense? The Spider-Man thing. Did anyone get this? Well, why not? I mean, I felt like it kind of did. Despite it was fun, it, the character was was well played. It made you know sense that he had the the costume, the Tony Stark, and in, you know the banter and all that stuff. But wh- why would Tony Stark be confronted by this woman whose son? was a soldier and, and died because of actions that, that Tony took <laughs> among others and gives him the picture and he puts it in his phone and he shows it to the other Avengers and says, this is why we have to sign the accords and no, we're not going to do that. And et cetera, et cetera. And what does he do? Okay. Well, I need to, you know, up my side of the team. So hmm, who can I get to be on my team? How about like a 16 year old kid who's never really been out there you know, in the big world, but we'll have him fight, you know, major league people like Hawkeye and, 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 uh, and, or not, you know, well, and, yeah, Hawkeye and, and Captain America. So he takes, he, he goes to get Spider-Man and it's like, well, <laughs> aren't you trying to avoid putting like, you know, kids in, in the way of, of danger. And so he, he puts him in the way of danger and, you know, and fun banter back and forth and all that stuff is nice and everything. And then, Spider-Man keeps getting blindsided. And I'm like, Spider-Sense? 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 Wait a minute. He doesn't have a Spider-Sense. It's possible he doesn't. Yeah, it is possible. And I'm saying to myself, well, you know what? Maybe maybe Tony is going to like build it into the next suit or something like that. Because it's a brand new Spider-Man. We don't know the extent of his powers and all that stuff. So I'm sort of forgiving on that part. But what they really missed was the lost opportunity when he's down on the ground and he's like hurt. And... You know, Tony comes back and he's he's like, you know, stay down, stay down. He could have said, you know, oh, man, you know, I'm trying to, oh, man, I'm so hurt. Everything is tingling. Even my spider sense is tingling. It, it just, it would have made so much funny sense. And then, you know, they, they, they lock up everybody, but they don't lock up Spider-Man. Because he was on the right side. Yeah, he was on Tony's side. They didn't lock I, up everybody. They only locked up Cap's side. I don't know. I, I, it just seemed like an, an easy out. Well, and then there's a there's a slight difference between Peter and the the woman's kid because the woman's kid didn't have a choice to be in that conflict. He and, was just and caught he wasn't up in a it. kid kid. 
he was a son, but he wasn't a child. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, and he, he didn't have a choice. He was a, an innocent victim of what happened. But Peter, you know, he was given a choice and he chose to put his life on the line. Plus, he has superpowers. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's okay. I, I think maybe in some ways you're a little bit clouded by the actual Civil War comic book, because in the Civil War comic book. The impetus for doing the registration is that kids went into battle mm-hmm. and killed kids. Now, they, the kids weren't going into battle against kids. They're going to battle against villains. Yes. And as a result of that battle, a villain explodes and there's a school nearby. Right. And the school is destroyed. And, and so kids died. And yeah. then you have that same kind of idea where this older woman comes to Tony, says, here's my child's Iron Man action figure and a picture of my kid. And and Tony has to deal with, you know, oh, my goodness. You know, these kids were looking up to me and trying to emulate me. And in doing so, they've they've caused other children to die. And this is why we need to train. And this is a big difference here, too. In Civil War, the comic book, it's don't use your power unless you're licensed. And we will train you to use your powers well. And and that kind of thing. And it actually makes a lot more sense in the comic books. In the comic books, I think it's easier to get on Tony's side for licensing. And f- but then S.H.I.E.L.D. goes and does all these underhanded, nefarious things that undermines everything good about what Tony's side could be doing. They send out villains to bring in heroes who are unregistered and, and things like that. It's, a, mm. it's more messy and yeah. easier to be on Tony's side, but at the same time harder to be on Tony's side because of the things that they do. Right. So to be fair to Tony in the comics though, he did not know about most of the, that super villain stuff. No, that no, be- no, you're right. So, yeah. So there's a, there's an element of what you're saying, Steve, that I understand, but there's not a one-to-one correlation between the kid who died in the building. Cause he wasn't actually a kid. He was someone who was able to do international travel and, and basically do almost missions work on his own alone in another country and so yeah it's not i understand though you're right tony is bringing a 16 year old kid into battle against a hundred year old super soldier Mm -hmm. there's a there's a there's a difference there a little bit and they could have played it up as steve really you're gonna punch a kid (laughs) i mean (laughs) come on man (laughs) <laughs> and he could be like, I could do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there was a there was a like a play, almost a playful attitude at some points in this fight. That like, was a problem for me. Evan. Like, yes, I'm going to I'm going to stop you. But, you know, I'm not really going to hurt you or I'm going to try not to hurt you. It was, it was a, almost like wrestling. Yeah. 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 It was a brutal fight, but it was a fight between friends. Right. Yeah. And it was just maybe the same kind of thing that would happen if, you know, when you were in college and you start wrestling around with your buddies or whatever. Um, and your buddies are always bigger and stronger than you and slam you against the brick wall. And anyway, uh, sorry, <laughs> but, um, the, the other thing that they could have done is played up the idea of Tony seeing Spider-Man and seeing him in pain. And, and that could have been a moment for him too. Yes. But, Instead, it was it was Rhodey. 
Yeah. You mentioned pulled punches, though, Steve. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened to the, the Welcome to Level 7 podcast thing. I haven't yet, no. Okay, well, that's something I brought up there, is I felt like the movie does pull some punches, because, and, and this will be repetitious, but I'm going to try not to be too repetitious, but, but this is something I do want to bring up. Black Widow and Hawkeye start fighting each other. And it's been jokey, jokey, but kind of like, oh, man, they're fighting each other. Okay. Oh, man. That level for me. But as soon as Hawkeye and Black Widow start fighting, and I'm just watching, I'm thinking, oh, wait. Because, I mean, they're they're following their sides, but they're close friends. They've, they're war friends. You know, they're, they have been in battle together. And, you know, they have, uh, you know, Black Widow, she knows Hawkeye's family. She spent time with his family, off time with him and his family. And it is a close friendship that they have and not a romantic friendship. But now they're punching each other. And just as I started feeling kind of an emotion of that kind of, oh, I'm I'm not feeling great about this, which is where I thought they wanted me to go. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they start joking and there's banter and and she's saying, you're you're." You know, come on, don't hold back. You know, and he says, "Are we still friends?" You know, and I'm just as soon as I'm thinking about their friendship, all of a sudden the, the line, "Are we still friends?" You know, and I'm just ah, <laughs> and and then Scarlet Witch she calls it out. She says, "You're pulling your punches," and I right. kind of said to the movie, "Yeah, you're pulling your punches too," because they're setting them against each other, but not so bad that I think I think they're trying to do it in such a way that we don't start disliking any of the characters except for maybe Tony. Maybe. Right. And yeah, so that as as awesome and as epic as that battle is, and it is awesome and epic, and I can't wait to sit in the theater next to my son because he loves these characters. He follows the Captain America line of Avengers movies, and he is going to love that battle. <laughs> he is going to love it. Yeah. And and I'm excited to sit there with his friends and him and, and see it happen. And on my other side, I'll have my daughter cause she really wants to go. He doesn't want her to go with him. <laughs> so he and his friends can be on one side of me, my daughter, maybe my, my, one of my other daughters will come with us and they'll be on the other side of me. But yeah, it's, it's an epic battle and it's a lot of fun. The Spider-Man stuff, it's spot on the Ant-Man stuff. It's par for Ant-Man from what we saw in the movie Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, any yeah. other thoughts about the the battle? Let's let's finish up that that and let's move on to some other stuff here. I uh, thought the battle was was phenomenal. I mean, they I mean, obviously there was the, you know, the the pulling punches and stuff like that and and but you know, everyone had a part to play. Uh, you know, Ant-Man pulls a power out of, out of nowhere, but it's a power that's in the comic book, so it's sort of like, okay, yeah, okay, cool. And even if it wasn't, it's logical for the moment and for the character. Right, yes. But, I mean, if, if like, Spider-Man said, hey, I'm going to grow, you know, four more arms, that would be sort of like, what? Okay, spiders have four arms, and I think there's a couple of comic books where he accidentally grows four arms, but then he, I mean, it it would be just weird. You know what I would, you you know what I relate it to, Steve? What? Spider-Man shot webs out of his feet. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's not (laughs) quite... It's kind of off, but then, well, wait a minute. It kind of makes sense that he might have web, web shooters in his feet. And I remember a cartoon from the 60s. He's sitting on the ledge of a building, 
and a newspaper floats by and he shoots a web out of his foot <laughs> and s- snaps the newspaper back to him. No uh, way. And yeah, yeah. And I'm, 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 I see that and I'm like, you know what? I'm little. This is little Benji. That's kind of weird and cool (laughs) that he could do that. Uh, And so that's the same thing with Giant Man is, okay. well, if they can make things shrink and then grow them again, I guess they it would make sense. They could grow things and make them shrink again. Right. Or at least that they'd work on that. Yes. And and we knew we knew it was coming eventually. I didn't think it was going to come till the next Ant-Man movie, though. I was very surprised that they pulled it out here. Very cool. They may not come back to it. They they gave themselves an out. If he never does it again, it's because it causes him to black out. Right. And this was he he pulled it out because they needed the diversion, and it was a cool diversion. <laughs> it was yeah. Like, about about <laughs> this fight, I for me this is the best part of the movie, and for me this might be the best part of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wow. This this is this is what the I mean. You know, the best action sequence, let me say that. Because um, this is what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is all about. We had like like 10 superheroes on the screen yeah. together yeah, for like 10 solid minutes. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So I thought, <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, and, and they, they really did a good job matching characters up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, splitting mm-hmm. them off, you know, turning them around. You know, Black Widow turns at the end, and you know she keeps shocking T'Challa, and and you know, I mean, he, he keeps coming, you know, and it just it shows you just just all the different, the you know the 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 internal struggles of the characters too. It's not just all external fighty fighty. So yeah, they they just did a fantastic job with that the whole thing. All right, so I don't know, Steve. Where do you want to turn next, or Evan? Yes, you you mentioned that you might have some changes of thought line or heart. Yeah, a little bit. Did you so... grow a heart? Is this what happened? <laughs> no, Ben. I think. Are you Team Cap now? <laughs> no, no. no. My I think my problem was I just had too big of a heart. Um, when I first watched this movie. Um. All right. So let, let me talk about this for a second. Because when we when we watched the movie and we talked about it afterwards, I was very much all in on Team Iron Man, and I was not on Team Cap at all. And I've had a lot of time to rethink some things and to think about things a little deeper. And I was emotionally compromised by this movie. I realized that I was. Uh-huh. Um, and what's what's the problem then? No. Okay. So. The scene where Bucky murders Tony's parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went home and I could not sleep that night. That scene kept me up at night. Yeah, it was a dark scene. Um, It really got to me. I did not like that scene at all. And it kind of ruined the movie for me. I'm, like, I'm, I'm getting emotional like right now thinking about it. And I think it's just because they showed it all. I mean, they're elderly characters. We know those characters. At least we know Howard from all the other uh, movies and television shows where he appears. We have an emotional connection to them. And, you know, when I was watching that, I was thinking, you know, they're they're maybe my parents' age, maybe a little older. And 
you know, what if that happened to my parents? So it really, really got to me. It probably got to me more than it should have. Um, I think the scene, I mean, it would have had this, I don't, it probably wouldn't have had the same emotional effect, but they could have done it without showing everything, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And it just really disturbed me. So I think that was one reason why I had such strong opinions about it. Uh, and and now looking back on it, I totally see that you know it's just as terrible for Bucky as it is for Tony because you know Bucky's a robot. <laughs> it's like he's it's like he's having a nightmare that he can't wake up from and he can't stop himself. Right, not, not doing, a robot, more like a you know like a zombie or something. Right, yeah, but well, he can't he can't stop himself. Yeah, so yeah. he's seeing it, and he he even says he remembers exactly. every single one. Yes. Yeah. So, and that that is yeah. It stuck could, with him the way it sticks with you. Yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't see that the the night we watched it because man, like I said, it it kept me up. So uh, I've rethought about that, and I've, I'm not you know like only on Tony's side here anymore. I I empathize with Bucky also. So that was one thing that really it really kept me from liking the movie. Um, it probably still still keeps me from giving it uh, a higher rating than I do. But that, yeah, that was one thing for sure. Um, let's but you're see. still not team cap. You're still not on no. Cap's side. Okay. Let, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, I, I did yeah. some more thinking about the Sokovia Accords and the whole, cause this, this is really just like a, it's, it's a political debate and I'm not a big fan of political debates. Um, but this is what it, what it's what it comes down to because you either align with caps, you know, personal political and i guess even spiritual convictions or you align with tony's mm-hmm. and i'm still i i don't i still don't think i'm with cap on this and and here's here's a couple of reasons are I've you with this tony out. Got, what are you with tony uh because you don't have to choose one or right. the other you right, know this right, isn't yeah. this isn't the presidential election where basically you're voting democrat or republican let, let me tell you where I'm at with Cap, and let's move on from there. Okay, so I agree with you, Ben. I thought about it. I agree with you. More negotiation on the front end should have happened, right? With with <laughs> it would have stopped a lot of what we at, saw in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. If this is in real life, that totally should have happened. Um, one reason I think I don't like Cap in this, and it's the same exact reason that I don't like it. I don't take his side in the comic book is because he is so 100% unflinching on this. And there's, there's, and you talked about this, I think in welcome to level seven, or maybe we talked about it in the, in the last episode, but yeah, there's no moment where cap is doubting himself, you know, and there's, you know, I feel like that it lacks humility, you know, because even as, as a Christian, I feel like if you don't doubt yourself or your faith at some point, um, you haven't really gone through the whole experience. Because I feel like e- even even you know the great the great people in our faith, even the biblical figures, they they had their point of man, I'm doubting. Is God really going to do this? Is this really the right side? Am I really doing what I should be doing? And then you test it, and yes, it is. I guess yeah, it depends on what you mean doubting. I mean, you know, you don't doubt the core beliefs. I mean, you can doubt some things. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying like you're maybe, not going to doubt and walk away. You can doubt and then 
you you know you you go, walk through it and God brings you back through and shows you that yes this is the right way right and because I, maybe you're 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 saying you know God it's it's hard for me to trust you right now because I have trust issues or whatever but you know what I'll 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 do it anyway and I'll you know I'll I'll get past it and and hopefully I'll come through on the other end and he brings you through and then you're like oh I should have trusted you the whole time sure that can be an example yeah. Yeah, but never like, you know, I, God, I completely doubt you, you know, have lightning strike in that place over there and prove yourself to me. I well, mean, that's that's, that's no, an extreme. That's I, I think that fail. you do hit points where you, you do need to say, you know, is this real? Yep. Uh, I'm seeing it. I see other people believing it. Uh, is it real? And I, I do think if you never, ever come to a point where you are going to grapple with the reality of things, if you just accept it from birth to death. Um, just because maybe you were told to by your parents or something, there's you're you aren't experiencing the whole thing, and you're not, not getting that, really... that. You're not getting a chance to really fully dive in and and trust and and have faith and right you know. and and that you know it's it's a it's a sort of a different argument than this. But Cap, you know, he never comes to a point where he, he you know he's doubting himself, like you said, Ben, like Iron Man. He comes to a point where he's doubting his point of view. He's doubting his side, which is where Rhodey, you know, is is hurt. Or maybe it's when he realizes, oh, Zemo is really doing stuff behind the scenes here. Um, he comes to that point and is willing to maybe work it out. And Cap kind of gets there when he's about to sign the the thing, but not really. Um. And so, and here, and I thought about it some more, and you know, I, I presented some arguments for what Cap might do differently. And um, this will be the last I say about this. You know how we talked about how he should have just signed it to keep the team together, and then if they did something that he didn't like, break it off later. And I agree with you, Ben, that that is, you know, that's not a move of integrity. Right. If. If. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt those uh you know his name his signature on that piece of paper would be abused but here was here's here's where I see it from he had the option to retire from the Avengers right they said you either you can either sign this and be a part of the law or you can retire mm-hmm. right mm-hmm okay now. Which is a there, false dilemma, but go well, ahead. Okay, yeah, well, there, is, there is no guarantee that his signature on this thing will be abused. It's a possibility. It's a calculated risk, but there is no guarantee. There is not some sinister force behind things that at present that he knows will – it will turn out badly. Mm-hmm. So if he signed it, which I still think he should have and they tell him to do something that he doesn't want to do, he could still retire. Okay? Either way, if he, re- if he retired from the Avengers, which he basically did because he did not sign the thing, he still decides to go and break the law. So either way, he's still breaking the law. He could have retired then. He could have retired after he signed the thing. He's still choosing to retire, and then he's going to go out and break the law anyway. Both paths lead in the same direction, but one is is disingenuous. You know, you you don't you don't say I'm going to do something 
and then with the with the intention of you know what if things go a little badly I'm I'm just I'm not going to do it. You know, I mean, you you if you have that integrity and you say that you're going to do it, you do it. You know, if if he's drafted into the into the army or drafted into the Avengers or whatever, you don't just quit it. And and Steve Rogers doesn't do anything by half measures. You know, he commits. So if he says I'm committing to the Avengers initiative, but you know what? I'm just going to, you know, ditch out as, as soon as it, it gets a little rough or something like that. Or they tell us that we don't want to do it. He, That's what not, he did. That is what he did but see, in they, this movie. Here's the thing. Though. No, what, what, he, what, what happened was he was presented with a false dilemma and he chose neither because he could recognize it for what it was. I, Iron Man said you can retire or you can, you can sign the accords. And he said, I can't retire. I have this power. It was, it was, I mean, I can do this all day long. He says, it's something that he has to do all day long. It's not like he has a choice. He doesn't have a day off. You know, he's, he's running around the, 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 you know, the reflecting pool, you know, on on your left, on your left, on your left. And, you know, it's just, that's what he does every single day. He trains every single day. He's getting better every single day. He has to do it because he knows what's at stake. So he has, he can't retire. And he can't sign the accords because probably he knows that it's, you know, unconstitutional, first of all. And second of all, because it, he's not going to just sign something and then just go back on his word. Yeah, there's an interesting article I sent your way, guys, that was about the law. And yeah. If the Sokovia Accords, what would happen if it was in, in our world, knowing what we know of our laws, right. how would it stand up? And it was very, very interesting about yeah. how, first of all, an accord is not a law, mm-hmm. you know. And so then second of all, they're being arrested and just being imprisoned. Yeah. No due process at all. No process at all. It's just you get arrested, you're imprisoned. And then the other thing is they put a hit out on Winter Soldier. It is a shoot on sight, kill mm-hmm. on sight for Winter Soldier. Right. And so this is why, yeah, you say Captain America goes ahead and goes and breaks the law anyway. Why is he breaking the law? He is breaking the law to save the life of his friend. Yeah, breaking an unjust law, which is unenforceable. <laughs> well, it's enforceable. The they, have, they have the arms to enforce. They don't may, maybe necessarily have the legal recourse. Right. And, and yeah, yeah they, the ACLU would be all over this thing. <laughs> if if this actually would happen in, in real life. But um, but here's the thing, Evan, we put you in kind of a false dichotomy as well by asking, are you Team Tony or Team Cap? And I fall toward Team Cap, but mm-hmm. I also believe that there there is another middle ground. And that's yeah, it, the problem is that they did not give a true middle ground and they did not have discourse ahead of time. No, And I think... If Superman were in this situation, he would have fought more to find that middle ground instead of just digging in his heels and saying, I'm not doing this and I'm doing what I want to do because I think it's right. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. If they had said, you know what, you're going to do what you're going to do because we're gonna, you're going to sign this or you're going to stop doing what you're going to do. And then Superman says, well, I can't stop what I'm going to do because you're trying to kill Jimmy Olsen right now and I'm going to save his life. You are not going to kill him. <laughs> but okay, the governments well, of super- another country want him dead but i am not going to let that happen i guess that's true but yeah. 
Superman would have done it with a lot less property damage and a lot uh, less. What? Christopher yeah. Reeve Superman. Okay. I mean, Christ- you want to go to Superman. You saw what he did for <sighs> Lois Lane, right? In, in Batman v Superman. Christopher Reeve Superman is what I'm thinking of. Christopher Reeve Superman is a whole different animal. Yeah, he would ro- ro- I said like Superman. fly around that world. Turn back time, rip that S off his chest, and throw it at the. Absolutely, the dude. That's what how we do it. Here's my here's my uh, last thing I want to say about this, and then I'll just be done. Okay. Right. Um, this it reminded me of a real life situation I was in when I uh, was applying to work at Toys R Us. I really, really wanted to work at Toys R Us because I love toys, and I would I had tons of fun, you know, selling them to people, and uh, you know, it was just a fun place to work. However, there was one item in the toy store that I was 100% uncomfortable with selling to anybody, and that is Toys R Us sells Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. And so I was praying, and I was talking to God. I'm like, do you want me to take this job because of this one item in their whole store that they sell? And what I had to do was – and I feel like this is what God led me to do – was I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I – I, this is a good job. It's a job that I'm going to enjoy. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to love and I'm going to apply. And I'm, if I get it, I'm going to accept. But if somebody comes to my register and tries to buy a Ouija board from me, I'm going, I'm not going to check them out. I would send them to another register, fire me if you want to, but that's what I'm going to do. Okay. And I feel like that is a middle ground choice. I feel like that's a, you know, catch should have accepted the position taking the job and do it to the best of his ability. And if something comes up where he cannot do it, well, that's the point where you just, you know, fire me if you want to, I'm not going to do it. I I think, I I think the difference here is if you had signed a contract with Toys R Us and in the contract, it said you will sell whatever we, whatever someone comes to you to buy, you are going to sell it. And you have that one toy in the whole thing that you're saying, I, that's the line I can't cross. Would you accept the contract? I don't know. The, Cause that's the contract that the Tony was signing. Yeah. I mean, Tony was saying, I will go on the missions you tell me to go on and I will not go on the missions you tell me not to go on. Right. And or you retire and I would retire. Yeah. Okay. But there's a difference between his retirement and your retirement. Yeah, you, they, your they, superpower what if, what if you is not never, selling toys. What if you could never have a job again? Or never have a toy again? That's. <laughs> what if you could never have a toy again then? You know? What if you could never play again? Because, and because that's your that's in your nature is is to like young things. You know, and that's in my nature. I, I'm, I'm as I'm saying this, I'm holding an Aquaman toy in my hand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, it's actually the one you gave me, Evan, the, the Happy Meal one. That oh, nice. Flips his arms up and down. Outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> Not my favorite iteration of Aquaman, but still. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I, I just feel like with, with, with Captain America here, because of how seriously he takes what he does. You're, you you give him that you know Steve calls it the false dichotomy and that's that's I, I wish I had had that in my mind when we were talking about this before. There is the third option, which is not retire and not sign, and that's the option he chooses. 
Mm-hmm. And which is against the law. It, sort of, but not really. I mean, it's, it hasn't been signed into law yet. It's an accord, which means that the governments yeah. are agreeing that they're going to do this thing together. Yeah, it's against the accord. <laughs> um, but then it's the unjust law. And right. that's the problem I think that I have with all of this is that it is an unjust law that is being enforced in an unjust way, mm-hmm. especially with the you will shoot Winter Soldier on sight. Right. And Captain well, can, they think he's a terrorist. Yeah, but can you can you understand Captain America can either you say he can retire if he just straight out retires and does not do Captain America stuff anymore. They are going to kill his best friend. Yeah, right. On site. That's no it. But I, but That's I'm it. And so he has he has two site. choices. So he can sign. Sure. And then maybe he's signing so that he can lie to them so he can save his friend. But he can't sign. But he can't sit sit idle. He has to go out against this unjust law. And that's where I say this is in a lot of ways, and it's on a, on a global scale. It's not just American law. In fact, the battle that they fight is not even on American soil. But it's a it's civil disobedience. I yeah. can't sit idly and let you guys do something that is so wrong. And I have to, I have to fight. I have and to I, do this. Yeah, and I think another thing is he has dealt with government long enough to know that things aren't cut and dried. It's not like a cookie cutter. Like, oh, this will go really well. No, the World he can Council see had it. a member of Hydra on it. <laughs> he can see through it and say to himself, you know what? This is going to go terrible. I'm not going to sign my name to it because I know it's going to go terrible. And as bad as the Avengers is now, it's a thousand times better than signing on to something that I know is going to be terrible. Because with with the Avengers, he can quit at any time. It's not like he's locked into anything. He hasn't signed anything. So he can quit at any time. He still has that option. Now, he signed maybe some licensing agreements because in the world of the MCU, there are Captain America action figures. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite possible that he signed some some licensing agreements or something like that, or maybe because he's a it could American be symbol. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I mean, the, the uh, Spider Man, the kid with the Spider Man mask, or uh, you know, whatever. Um, wasn't it in the Spider? No, that was. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a Spider Man movie, <laughs> which hasn't happened yet in this universe. <laughs> but obviously, Spider Man wouldn't have have signed a marketing agreement because not you know, yet, he, anyway. Yeah. He should fall into the same dilemma as happens in, you know, uh, what was it? uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy 15, where, you know, he he tries to cash the check and he writes Spider-Man on it. You know, people aren't (laughs) going to cash his check. And that was even in a day when, you know, there's uh, there wasn't instant instantaneous computer scanning of the checks to find out if there was you know something on the other end. But yeah, anyway. Uh, I think the bottom line here is that there's there's a moral dilemma for sure. Yeah. And and this is this conversation that we just had for I don't know how long we've been talking about this particular part. We're talking about in the context of this superhero movie, and how you know we we've, we've talked about this twice now, Evan, mm-hmm. and had some a pretty rousing discussion I think and an enjoyable discussion, and and one that maybe neither of us are are moving on. 
on what we believe. And maybe, maybe I'm just too much Captain America where I'm just like, <laughs> I, at the beginning of our conversation, I feel this way. And at the end, I still feel this way. And maybe there's a little bit of Tony Stark in you where you're kind of saying, well, I can kind of see it, but, you know, but, um, but there's some good stuff here. And this is the other thing is I don't want to get into any specific political debate here on this podcast, but I think there are lessons to be learned about how we do discourse and this civil war. I was not looking forward to, especially in light of the current political environment, mm -hmm. um, the conflict between Tony and Steve, I wasn't looking forward to it, but as they do their thing. And as you see, you know, I am right. I am right because I'm right. And then on the other side you have, I am right because I feel so strongly about this person who was hurt and they have this, you know, story and it, it affected me. And then the, we're going to butt heads, you know, and there are some pretty clear analogies that you could bring in, in a number of different places of political discourse in current events right now, mm -hmm. uh, from laws of the land to political, um, well, potential politicians and and right. potential roles that they might hold in office and as they're running for office and stuff like that. Um, there's some interesting thoughts that that just cause me to think about. And, you know, as as I've been in, in examining Captain America's emotional arc and his character arc and, and that and, and it just doesn't that's the one weakness for me is I wanted to see more of him struggling with it and trying to understand the other side. I never felt like he was trying to understand what Tony was thinking until the end, but it's a different argument. The battle yeah. at the end is a completely different thing. The Sokovia Accords, whatever happened with them, they were not a part of the conflict that Tony and Steve had at the end of the movie. That was based on, you killed my mother, you killed my father, prepare to die. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's a completely different argument and a completely different conflict that that they, they get thrown into. And and actually the whole Sokovia Accords thing, that was just a kind of a bonus for Zemo. His plan had nothing to do with that. At least I don't think he was planning anything to do with that. His plan was all about, you know what? Steve likes Bucky. Bucky killed Tony's parents. I can use that to tear them apart. Yeah. And that's the other thing I really like about this movie is that it is personal. It is a personal conflict between Zemo and the Avengers. And by having that personal conflict between him and the Avengers, he turns it into a personal conflict among the Avengers. And I, I like the way he plays that out. Yeah. I like the way he plays that out after the movie was done. Because until they revealed that that was what he was doing, I was really bored by his plot. Um, maybe that's just me. Or maybe maybe that was the plan. Well, no, you know, to if, bore if me. You, if you well, could, if, not no, to if, bore if you. you. Could, <laughs> if you could see it that blatantly, you'd be right. like, okay, I understand what's coming. It was sort of like with the uh, with the other super soldiers. The entire movie, you're like, oh wow, okay, it's going to end up with you know them you know fighting the super soldiers at the end. I was right. pumped to see that. I was excited to see that. Yeah, I was. And we not. get there, and they all have bullet holes in their heads, and you're and just that, like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one reason why it bored me because I, I I'm a little biased. Whenever they do 
the let's revive the secret Soviet weapon from the Cold War story arc in any comic book, I just skip it. Like, but they didn't I, it, do it. That's the th- I know, I know, I know. But that's where they they're making you think they're gonna go. So I was like, I think I was kind of checking out already because I just, I just for some reason I do not care for that type well, of story. But that's Winter Soldier's story. So I know, I know, and I I don't really care for it either. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> That movie was awesome, but it, I, I saw that they were going to dive in a little deeper there with, with this movie, and I was like, eh. But I will say, after I finished it and the, it revealed to be something else, I really liked how I liked it after that. Um, so I think that I think that was another thing that affected my viewing, was okay. that we didn't, you know, they I didn't know what was going on until the end, and what I thought was going on was something that in the past has... Uh, I found that I don't really have an interest in. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, it's, it's sort of like you know, one of my problems with uh, heroes at the beginning one was of uh, many. What? <laughs> one of many problems. Well, one of many, but it it, it just sort of inaugurated the pro- the whole you know badness is that the the guy who was a, the Indian and he was a teacher and he says you know uh, people have said we only use one tenth of our brain power. And I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be like, like the guy who's supposed to be smart but is always wrong, because he's <laughs> he's spouting this thing that is so amazingly cliche. It was it was cliche in the '70s. And it's not just cliche; it is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's wrong and it's cliche and it's it's dopey. So the like the entire time I'm like, okay, whatever happens with him, it, it's it's going to be like laughable. You can laugh at this guy. He's like the, the comic relief. And then he he keeps doing stuff that's not comic relief. And you're like, wait a minute, what? And then you're, he, he's like, oh, okay, wait, wait, okay, he's supposed to be the smart guy. You know, I, but I think you're I the only person who like had that reaction. Though, Steve. He said. <laughs> I think you're the only person who said, uh, this is the, the comic relief because yeah, he said that. Totally. I think you're the only, they definitely did not intend you to think he's comic relief and then pull a bait and switch on you like the, they did with Zemo here. They unintentionally pulled the bait and switch with you and, and right. tricked you. Yeah. But I can, I can understand uh, Evan's viewpoint because it's sort of like that with me and, and heroes. So yeah. I can understand his viewpoint. I and I, I understand what you're it. saying with that, because yeah. that is something that I've done research because I was going to use that in a story. But then I said, okay, this is a cool idea. If it's real. Yeah. I've heard so many people use it. And then you yeah. start researching into it and you just, oh, and this is where, yeah, I, I had the same reaction, not the same reaction. I reacted to the same thing, I should say. Right, right. And and then I'm looking at it and, oh, wait a minute. Why yeah. did they just say that? This is supposed to be like a really high quality show, but they just said that. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like, oh, what if someone used 11%? No, no, no. 12%. You know, it's just like, uh, no. And so you have to adjust yourself and say, this part of your brain doesn't get used. (laughs) And yeah, this, this particular one tiny neuron doesn't get used. But what if it was, (laughs) that's how you adjust yourself for that one. I didn't, I ended up not doing the story altogether, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Gentlemen. Uh, I still want to talk about Batman v Superman stuff, but yeah. before we do that, what do you think about where you rank this, Steve? In the in, let's start with Captain America movies. Where do you rank this in the the three Cap movies we've got? 
not counting the one from the 90s. <laughs> or the, the TV ones. Have you watched the TV ones yet, The Evan? TV ones, yeah. No, no, I those haven't. Would, those would obviously be the, the top of the list, the cream of the crop. Uh, but okay, I mean, discounting them. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of The Winter Soldier because of where it originally came from. It came out of Civil War. You know, so it was like I didn't like it coming out of Civil War because I thought Civil War ended the comic book ended so dopey that I was just like I stopped buying comic books. You know, it, it was like I didn't want to I didn't want to buy anymore. I didn't I didn't want to follow it because it was like eh, this is something I don't want to follow. So I, you know, I just stopped. And then I l- learned later who he was and what he represented. And I was just like, Really, Bucky, the one person you could point to in the entire Marvel universe and say, okay, yes, death is real because Bucky (laughs) never returned. Well, it was Bucky and Uncle Ben. And Uncle Ben. Bucky and and Uncle Ben, yeah. Yeah. And the one, the one of the one hero. Let's say, and Uncle Ben, you know, he's not not that he wasn't a hero, but he wasn't an action hero. He wasn't, you know, out there fighting crime. But the one hero you could say was dead for all time was Bucky, and that's the one you're resurrecting. That's the one you're bringing back. And I was like, really, and it just completely lost me. It, it didn't matter who was writing it. It didn't matter how well it was received, how good the stories were. It, didn't matter they're bringing bucky back and you're just like lost i'm just i was just lost so having them base the second movie on that you know i i just had to sort of say you know what it's the marvel movie universe and it's something you know they're they're doing their own thing with it and you sort of saw it being set up a little bit in the first movie because you could sort of see uh, you know what what they were doing there, and but I wasn't happy with it. You know, and, and the, the 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 movie itself was was fine. It was you know I didn't really have much of a problem with it, but at the same time, it was still you know coming off of that that negative feeling. So where do you um, rank these then? I'd say this would be number two in the Captain America movies, just because the negative feeling I have towards. Uh, yeah, the Winter Soldier, but and if then someone else, number one is the first Avenger. Yeah, the number one would be the first Avenger. But if if someone else liked the the Winter Soldier for completely different reasons, I, I can't blame them because you know it's a good movie in and of itself, um, and you know just epic stuff going on. The whole you know the the end of Shield or you know the end of that era of Shield or whatever. So you know a lot of really interesting stuff. It was. You know, like a mini Avengers movie, sort of like this one is like an almost Avengers movie. No Thor, no Hulk. Um, you know, that one, it just, it gave you hope that they could do more movies like that where it wasn't like just one hero. You know, Iron Man pretty much by himself in Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. Although you have, you know, little vignettes and things. But, um, you know, this one, it just it just had that full feeling to it. It's like almost everybody's here. And you can almost forgive them for not having Thor and Hulk because they weren't there for Civil War either in the comic books. 
So it would also change the dynamic of things so much. Yes. If those two were in there, I'm glad that they didn't try to put them in there. Right. Yeah. So, you know, having, having two Superman level, almost, you know, strength characters would have, yeah, it would have, it would have been offsetting. And I, I have to say that this would almost be a perfect trilogy because it's, I feel, I feel like all three of these movies are so strong, except it's not really a trilogy because there's elements that you cannot enjoy this movie unless mm-hmm. you have seen the Avengers movies. Yeah. There's references to all these different things that happened in the past. And, and so that's yeah. the one, the one Nick that I'd put on it is this is not a standalone. You absolutely can't have this movie without Avengers one. Where with Tony and Cap's initial conflict there. No, and you can't have it without Avengers two, with Sokovia, and, and yeah, all that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and then because they bring in so many characters, Vision, Scarlet Witch, um, Ant Man. I mean, they bring in so many characters from outside of the Captain America supporting cast. Right. That it just, it, it yeah. it's not a standalone movie at all. Yeah. But that's what we're – I mean this is a series. Uh, the Avengers movies are a series and they're going to build on each other and it's all connected. And uh, we'll see where they go from here with all the different characters. But yeah, Evan, we have two things we need to do before we wrap up this episode. One is right. you wanted to bring up Batman v Superman yep, v Captain America Civil War. Yep. <laughs> and then we have uh, an email – from from Hudson, who actually has joined us in the past on some some uh, road trip stuff, and and he's he's got some comments. So where okay. do you want to go first? Let's do uh, let's do Hudson's, okay? Because I I think his email is more on point with what we've been talking about. Uh, so the subject line is uh, Captain America: Civil War comments and questions, and we'll break this up a little bit because we'll answer some things here. We'll talk through. Hey guys, it's Hudson. I wish I could have done the road trip, but I had a final exam the next day, so I waited until Tuesday to watch it. Listening to the podcast, I had some comments I thought I'd share, and also some questions for you guys. I have a lot of them, so I'll bowl the prioritized comments. (laughs) Questions first. Who assassinates Captain America in the comics? Answer. Crossbones and some other situational stuff going on. Yeah. Which makes the whole thing with crossbones. I thought he was going to be like a running thread through the movie. But he ends up being this is, this is interesting because Crossbones ends up being the inciting incident for the Sokovia Accord in some ways because your power is left unchecked and innocent people died. Then you have uh, it's Crossbones who's involved in that. And so that whole you know where the explosion which kills children in a school, which they had to pull their punches there. All right. Yeah. You know, they, they can't kill a child in a PG-13 superhero movie you just you just yeah. don't go there um and also it was not superheroes who caused a supervillain to blow up it was a supervillain who chose to blow up so they, they pulled their punches there a little bit too right. but it still works it's not uh, that's not a ding against anything and then he says do you think cap will die in a future movie do you I don't uh know. yes i do I don't at this point. I think he might retire like for reals. Maybe he'll get aged or something, but I think if they're going to kill an Avenger, it'll be cap rather than Iron Man. 
that's a possibility. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. Then he said, why do you think Vision was confi- confining Scarlet Witch to that house? What was his motive? I think he was told to keep her there, right? Yeah, but he was he was told to keep her there because her uh, her I think part of her herself causes negative reactions. People have negative mm-hmm. reactions to her just because of who she is. Who her involvement in the the death of the ambassadors or, or the citizens yeah. of Wakanda. Uh, he also asks what was his real motive because she is obviously an antidote to him. I don't think he has Hudson. I don't think he has any sinister motives for keeping her there. In the comic books, they fall in love and get married. So I think he and has they're setting some of that stuff up too. Yeah, yeah. So his motives for keeping her there, if he has any ulterior motives, they're not sinister. They're probably more romantic, and he just wants to spend some more time with her. <laughs> Do you think Vision? He says was shooting to kill Falcon because the hit almost killed Rhodey. I don't think he was shooting to kill Falcon. Um, he, I th- he could have he could have been using a lethal shot, but it was you know designed to maybe hit uh, the Falcon's you know mechanisms and stuff, and it, it needed that that amount of energy to affect it, and then it missed, and then hit Rhodey, and then it just happened to you know to to get him in a lethal way. Yeah, if it had hit Falcon where he was, maybe it was the the intended effect wouldn't have been as bad. Right. right, but because it missed and hit accidentally, there's not you know the intended effect can't happen because it's not it's not what he intended. Right. So we're gonna um, go into the comments that he kind of bolded to to say uh, are prioritized. He says, and, and, the, and the reason is because of his first line here. I really liked what Ben said. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna stop there. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> He says, I really like what Ben said about Bucky's potential storyline with dealing with his demons, the things he did that he didn't want to do but did anyways. I see great potential for a sinful nature storyline and how, as humans, we must deal with it and deal with our past. There is great possibility for a fantastic and biblical redemption story filled with forgiveness between Stark and Bucky. Bucky is a great example of an unforgivable sinner, and Tony has every right to be angry at him, but could he find it in his heart to forgive Bucky, perhaps once Cap is gone? And that would be an interesting story arc to to dive into the idea of, okay, not just I'm going to put up with Bucky being there to help us fight Thanos, but to actually have a forgiveness storyline. That'd be sweet. So the next one is headlined debate disagreement, mostly with Evan. (laughs) And he says, (laughs) and we're just going to stop there. No, he says, (laughs) Evan said he thought it was a punk move for Cap not to sign the document. I disagree and say it was a noble one. He is standing up for what he believes in. Agent Sharon said it best at the funeral. When the world tells you that something bad is good and it tells you to move, you stand firm and don't budge. You tell the world to move. Uh, just because signing away a God-given right may possibly help some people doesn't make it right. And then um, he says, here I disagree with both Ben and Evan about the Black Widow comment towards Steve. Uh, and he's talking about the comment um, about the, the arrogance. It was about her sta- saying that Steve is arrogant and thinking that his own hand is the safest one, implying he will never become corrupt. If that was in fact what Steve was saying, then yes, it is true. But his comment afterwards showed that he was saying his own hand is the safest one because all responsibility for his actions falls on him and not some governmental entity. He is saying that even if he becomes corrupt, all the responsibility for his corrupt actions will fall on his head. 
He recognizes with great power comes great responsibility. He doesn't want the accountability for their actions to be shifted away from them and onto the government. All the document will do is shift the blame, essentially redistributing the wealth. He wants to be held responsible for his own actions, a, a biblical viewpoint. And I thought that was a nice take on things there. Yeah. Uh, and it also made me think of how Spider-Man said this to Tony. You know, If I have the power to act and I don't, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to revise the whole with great power comes great responsibility. But at least it wasn't like a, a whole paragraph of <laughs> stuff like when uh, Uncle Ben is telling him that in, in Amazing Spider-Man. But it's it's trying to rewrite that that with great power comes great responsibility. If I have the power to help someone and I don't, then I'm hurting them, basically. Right. And and I kind of expected some of Spider-Man's words to actually be what kind of pushes Tony into the, you know, to helping helping Steve um, because he did bring that up. And I thought that'd be a nice way to really wrap up the Spider-Man arc here is that Tony brings him in to fight him to fight on his side and help him in that way. But then he actually gets to help him on that, you know, that hero's journey that he's on, but it didn't. (laughs) So Evan, let's talk Batman V Superman. Okay. What do you got? What do you want to say? Well, other than this is a more fun movie. Which one's a more fun movie? Civil war. (laughs) Is there a better fight scene in Superman V or Batman V Superman? No, there's not. And if Captain America Civil War was just that fight scene, yes, I would say much more fun, much better than Batman V Superman. But it's not. Um I had more fun in that scene than any scene in Batman V Superman. And I enjoyed well, Batman V Superman. I didn't see many fist pumps and flailing arms from you during that scene, Ben. Because so, that's obviously. just not the way I do things. I, I do not accidentally <laughs> punch people in the seats next to me just because I'm enjoying a movie. Okay. I'm sorry, but well, that only happens when I'm really, really enjoying a movie. And well, I was, yeah. when I'm really, really enjoying a movie, I crack a smile. And if yeah. you've been looking closely, you would have seen my little smirk turned into a smile on multiple See. occasions. I see. Maybe giggle a little bit under your breath. Yeah, something like that. No, I, so I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. I LOL'd, as the, the kids may say. You monster. <laughs> anyway, go on, Evan. Okay, well, I, I said that I like Batman v Superman better in the uh, the past episode, but I just wanted to elaborate on that just a smidge. I took the Ben Avery approach, and I broke it up into plot-style characters and themes. Okay. Okay, so plot-wise, I thought the plot flowed better in Batman v Superman. Um. <laughs> And I think the pacing... I'm flailing in, my fists around because I'm yeah, enjoying yeah. what I'm hearing. Right <laughs> I, I feel like the pacing in, in Civil War dragged at points. And like I said, I was, I was getting kind of bored at some points. Um, but that's maybe that's just me. Uh, style, obviously, visually, the style of Batman v Superman far surpasses anything this movie has to offer. Um, in my humble but correct opinion. Um, so do you like? Do, I mean, just as as a, I, I'm not saying this as as a negative or a positive, just as an information. Okay. Do you do you enjoy um, the style that Zack Snyder usually does with his with his movies? Do you like that style visually? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Me too. I, I I'd agree. There is. I, I would agree that stylistically, uh, Zack Snyder 
is a more visual storyteller mm-hmm. than the Russo brothers. Um, I would disagree with, is that a good thing or not? And I would say some, in some regards it is, in some regards it isn't, but yeah, I, I would agree. There, there is more flair to the style in, in Batman v Superman. There was. And like, I feel like the Russo brothers, when they've done, when they did civil war and when they did this movie, the visual style is a lot more, somehow it's a lot more realistic than the other Avengers movies and even the other Marvel movies. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more grounded. Yes. And, and it's not meant to have that kind of visual style that Snyder brings. It's meant to feel more gritty and right. more, more down to earth, more feet on the ground. And I feel like Avengers and Captain America, the first Avenger, they, and like definitely Thor, they really swing a lot closer to the Snyder type of style where it's a lot more stylized um, and, and the Russo brothers don't. And I, I, for me personally, I felt it worked really, really well in the winter soldier, but that was a more grounded story. And I felt like it detracted just a little bit from this movie because it's not (laughs) at all a grounded story. Um, At least not. I mean, there's grounded points, but, Let's be honest. It's Avengers light. So no, it is not story, Avengers though. light. You gotta, that's too dismissive. It, it, it's, it's not Avengers light. It is a captain America with lots and lots of characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And then characters. I really, really enjoyed Tony in this movie more than captain America. As I've already stated, um, which is a bummer because cap is my favorite avenger uh and like what i said was it, what was it about tony that you liked more than cap in this movie i i don't know i felt like this was uh rdj's finest performance as tony stark um just the i don't know the way he he played it and the the emotions he was portraying in the situations he was given i felt like man this is this is uh his his shining moment so i i think i feel like he uh far outshone cap as far as just his, his character arc and his acting and, and, and all that. So, um, and you guys, you, you know, I could be wrong. Well, um, you can't be wrong in your opinion, but yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. And there's definitely, and there's definitely, you know, the characters in Batman v Superman are not perfect, but I really enjoyed the way they were played. I really enjoyed the way that they were portrayed. Um, you know, some people didn't like Superman's uh, portrayal, but you know what? Superman in Man of Steel, he was one third Superman. I mean, really, he's he's still learning, he's still growing. In this one, he feels like two thirds Superman, and I hope when he comes back to life in the next one, he's gonna be you know fully Superman, how we know and love the character. So, I think willing... he's going Do you think they're gonna do the four Superman thing? Mm, I hope. Oh, I can only wish and and hope, but that's not gonna happen. I would love to see Superboy with his leather jacket and his little thigh bracelet. Um, it's, it's probably not <laughs> moving on, moving on. Okay. <laughs> that was like my favorite story arc as a kid growing up in the '90s. Man, the whole death and return of Superman. Every part of that. I don't even wow. care. I love the fade cut, the earring. I don't even care. That's Superboy. I like it. Anyway, um, see, so you know what? You know what I liken that to is. 
when I was a young kid and I started collecting baseball cards and started becoming aware of baseball, it was like 1975, 1976. The Red Sox had just lost this, like the greatest World Series of all time. And then they just went into this place where they just never got back to the World Series. And it was like, you know what? The Red Sox are just never going to win a World Series, you know? And then here we go, 2004, and they finally win a World Series. And now my kids are growing up. You know, my, my kids are, are infants at that time. So, you know, when they grow up, you know, the, the Red Sox have already won a couple World Series. So they don't have that that feeling of, you know, the, the angst of, are we ever going to win a World <laughs> Series? Oh, no, this team again. You know, oh, they're breaking our hearts. And, you know, they don't have that effect because, you know, we've won it three times in the last 20 years or whatever. So it's like you know, no big deal, you know, okay, what if we win, if we, if we win this year, we win, if we don't, we don't, we won it a couple of years ago, no big deal. And with people who have grown up with, with Superman, what we have now, you know, coming forward from, let's just say John Burns run up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you don't have the weight of this invincible being that you know, nothing, I mean, they're not going to get rid of him. They're not going, he's not going to die, you know? So when you finally get through the eighties and, you know, Phoenix has died and and been resurrected and, you know, now it's this meme where people are coming back just because, you know, Hey, we're going to kill these people and coming back and have them come back. And the X-Men have died and come back. And, you know, it's like, okay, that's been done. And then, they kill Superman off. At the time, I'd been through it all. I'd, it, it, they, it held no emotional weight for me. And I said, obviously, they're not going to keep Superman dead. Obviously. And it fooled me for zero seconds. There was, there was nothing in me that said, ah, what, if they really, what if they really did? There was nothing there for me. And it's interesting to to have people coming up, you know, like like Evan nowadays, who don't have that emotional weight of you know all the Superman stuff from before, to the point where you knew that he wasn't going to die. You don't have that because that Superman thing affected you that way. It was probably the first time you came across, you know, or maybe one of the first times you came across a character dying in their own comic book, you know, and and you're like this is epic and awesome. And, you know, it, it was made for you at that time. It was made for, for, you know, whatever your age was when, if that affected you, that's what it was made for. But I had been past that and it held nothing for me. So, you know, it, 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 I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a very intriguing discussion when we're talking about people who are affected by you know these comics or people who are affected by those comics the same people who who like winter soldier are probably the younger generation who have no idea really who bucky was oh he was in that flashback and the the issue before this one (laughs) and oh isn't that interesting okay now we know who he is and oh he comes back in this one wow he came back in one issue you know and you don't have that sense of it so i think it's intriguing to 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 sort of Make sure that people are whoever wherever the listeners are in their experience, and this this goes back to one of my things where you know when is the greatest year in comic books? 
When is the greatest year? When is what's the greatest title of comic? Who's the greatest character? You know who it is? It's whatever year it hit you. That's the year. It doesn't matter what year it is. It could be 75. It could be 86. It could be 92. It doesn't matter. That's the year that makes it all make sense to you. So we're back to Evan's year now. <laughs> <laughs> and Evan's you were year saying is Evan? that year. And I can understand that. Coming from my viewpoint, like I'm saying, it didn't affect me at all. And it's intriguing to see Evan being affected by it to this point that, you know, this movie now made in, in 2015 shown in 2016 has still has that emotional impact for him. Yeah. So let's get back to Evan then, because this is kind of his <laughs> conversation that we were diving into. So, well, the last thing I had to say was about the themes. Um, and, and by the way, Steve, I maybe when Ben's like gone on a conference, we need to do the death of Superman episode because i have a lot to say but this is not the place to say it okay cool. um so yeah we'll just make that appointment there uh okay so the last thing i had to say was about the themes and the themes in these two movies we have heavy 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 political themes in civil war and i feel like we have some pretty heavy uh theological themes in batman v superman and obviously i care a lot more about theological themes than i do about political themes um that's my thing. Maybe politics connects with other people a lot more. Uh, but the th- uh, yeah, because I feel like the, the political themes in Civil War are also personal themes. They are, too. And and, and so it, it doesn't just stay out in the realm of this political viewpoint and this political viewpoint. It gets into how you deal with those conflicts and how you deal with interpersonal conflict and how you deal with what happens when your friend is on the exact opposite side of things and how, you know, they resolve their conflict and, and it tore them apart. And with Superman, Batman, you're right. There are theological themes going on, but I really feel like it doesn't take you anywhere. It right. brings up the ideas, but this is a Zack Snyder thing. He's great at, scratching the surface and saying hey look at this theme over here (laughs) look at it because i'm visual and we're not going to dive into it because we don't have time for that (laughs) you know character development pretty pictures you know which am i going to choose and uh, so i disagree with you there but again we're talking opinion here and so and you know you're you're not wrong you're just you're entitled to your opinion that's wrong and and, um (laughs) But anyway, and like, like we talked about in that in that episode, you know, I you know, I came away with, you know, Superman, he sacrifices his life for the physical salvation of the world. And that's just a giant to me. It's a giant beacon that points to this. This could be the picture of spiritually what happened on the cross. I mean, it, Jesus, Jesus mm. dying on that Roman cross 2000 years ago was way more epic in the spiritual realm. I mean, if you understand what's going on there and to me that it's just another picture pointing at that i mean he is doing battle against the the very real spiritual forces of evil and just destroying them in the right, sacrifice let of me his counter own life. but, but let, the let forces me... of evil is not what killed him no he said you know, well it's i mean god is the one that ultimately oh, kills it's, it's not a per, it's not a perfect metaphor let, but let me counter though Evan, okay. with 
what Captain America is doing. This is why it resounds personally with me with Captain America in that he is just – he is going to take a beating from a man who is his physical superior in some ways yeah. because he's going to stand between him and the person he's going after. And and I and that's why he stands up and says, I can do it all day. You know, that moment, it resounds because of the, the first Captain America movie, but it's also him saying, I'm going to stand between you and Bucky until you stand down and leave him alone because you are wrong to go after him like this. Yeah, And, and personally, I mean, again, that's hitting me personally. That's hitting me on an emotional level. And with Superman or ba- Batman v Superman, it's there. But it doesn't resound with me personally because it's surface. It feels very Mm -hmm. surface level. And I have gone through a movie now with Superman or Batman v Superman the whole time. And it's all surface level stuff. And you say, well, I was bored, bored, bored because of this, this, this. With Superman or Batman v Superman, I'm excited. I'm intrigued and I'm into the visual style and stuff. But when I'm actually given meat... It's not really meat. It's like here's here's the skin off the fried chicken. You know, there's meat flavor to it. <laughs> but it's just fat, you know. See, and we're we're on opposite ends on this because I I totally disagree. Um I think you were I I think yeah. we were both uh invested in different ways and I think that your investment in Superman v Batman was a deeper investment than mine and my investment in captain america was a deeper investment than yours and like i already said during that moment where cap is standing in between iron man and bucky emotionally when i watched it you know i i wasn't with steve at all at all because of that because that flashback scene and that was it was it was clouding my my thoughts at that time so maybe i need to watch it again just like it clouded tony's yeah, but that is that is a good point though. That is a that is a great analogy also to uh, to the cross. Um, very cool. Well, and I'm not analogizing it to the cross. I'm I'm taking it to a personal level. You know, to be because this is why I like superheroes. They inspire you. When the the thing I like about superheroes is when they inspire you. I should say they don't always inspire you, but when they do, that's one of the definite things that the superhero genre for lack of a better word does well is it can Mm -hmm. inspire you to rise above and to stand in the gap and to help the helpless. And, you know, we get that in, in all of these, you know, Batman V Superman that it's there um, with, with Batman and his turn, I'm going to help you now. And everyone makes fun of that scene. I, I like that Martha thing. I like the Martha connection because that's Batman saying, wait a minute. I I have not seen this as a person. Mm -hmm. Now he may not be human, but he's a person. And I've been looking at him as an evil or as a concept that is causing people to do evil. He is a person and he deserves me. You know, he has the weight of glory, so to speak. And so anyway, that's – I don't know where we were, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it might be time for us to to shut things down here. So Steve, think about this. Evan, this is what Steve's going to be thinking about, but I'm not giving you time to think about. Okay. Final word on Civil War. 
Okay, final word on Civil War. I have to say that I am in a different place now after talking with all you guys and I can't my argument for not being on team can't cap uh it doesn't it doesn't stand up. So I will say that as far as the political issues with the Sokovian and everything, I I've got to I've got to change my tune here and I'm siding with you Ben and saying that uh yeah, Cap did make the right choice. I think but I'm still not totally with his attitude about it. <laughs> nice. But but yes, I you have changed my mind. Interesting. Well I will give you a no prize. Thank you. I will yeah. not expect it anytime soon. Great. Appreciate I'm that. not going to be sending it. All right. That's my final word. Steve? Well, in the immortal words of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, whew, I thought you were going to steal my quote. Okay, go ahead. From, from you know, the actual Civil War. I think this Captain America movie is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And my final words... In the immortal words of Edwin Starr, war, huh, what is it good for? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Yeah. Well, it is is good for a billion-dollar movie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want to say that, and, and also thanks for listening. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.